Welcome to Scaling Up H2O Special Pinks and Blues Edition. Folks, we are now every other week, we are answering questions straight from the Scaling Up audience. And of course, that's you guys. You are the Scaling Up Nation. So happy to have you here. So happy to have you share your questions with me. So let's get right down to it. Let's answer some of the questions that you have. Well, this listener writes in from last week's episode. We had David Vinces on, and he is a building engineer. And you can, of course, tell based on what he was saying during the podcast that we have a great relationship. And I shared with you, it didn't become that overnight. In fact, he was very suspicious of me because I was in this mysterious water treatment business, and it took a while for him and I working together to form the relationship that we have. So the question that this listener has is based on that. It's how do you talk to a customer that doesn't have time to talk to you? So you got to be able to talk with the customer and talk about what their expectations are, ask them what you can be doing for them. And you have to have that dialogue. Otherwise, that trust is just not going to build any higher than whatever it is right now. So the question is, what do you do when you don't have that opportunity in front of that customer? There are a couple of different ways to look at that. And one of the things that I go to always first is that it's a personal thing, that they don't have time to talk to me. And I will tell you, it is a lot easier to go throughout your day if you shed that. If you can put the fact that it's personal aside, it may or may not be nine times out of 10, it probably isn't, but we all take it that way. If you can take that weight off of yourself, you're going to feel a lot better throughout the rest of the day and also talking with that specific customer. So that's my first piece of advice. The second piece of advice, and it comes to you more as a question, is are you normally talking to that customer? Or do you normally service the account, stick a service report under the door, and now that you're motivated to do the right thing, and I commend you for that if that's the situation you're in, and you want to talk with that customer to start building that relationship, you've kind of trained him, if that's the situation, that he doesn't need to talk to you. You've done everything you needed to do in the mechanical room without speaking to anyone else. And why do you need to talk to me all of a sudden? I just want you to leave the regular service report under my door or email it to me. Why have things changed? So that's my question to you. Have things changed from the way that you normally interact with that customer? And if they have, you need to have that conversation with the customer. And I would just be completely honest. Let them know that you're trying to do a better job for them You're trying to bring as much value to the party as you can as a water treater, as their water treater. And you've realized that you've missed a great opportunity in talking with the people that run that system when you're not there. And you want to make up for that. So that's why I want to talk to you. If you have a transition statement like that, I really think it will be a lot easier for you to convey to them what you're trying to do. And now they realize, oh, okay, he is trying to do something different. I'm going to make some time for him. So that's one piece of advice. Another piece of advice is, is realize building engineers are very, very busy. 
And a lot of times I like to schedule my time with the engineer so I can ensure that they've got a block of time carved out because they don't have the staff that they once did where they might've had five people doing the jobs all around the building. Now they might have one or two people and their jobs have not gotten any smaller. In fact, they probably put more responsibilities on these people. So please realize that. Please also realize, and this has happened to me a number of times, I will have an appointment and because there was something that happened that required their attention immediately, they were not able to make that meeting. Now, if I were to take that personally, it would upset me and that would affect my entire rest of the day. So I've put that down. I no longer take that stuff personally. I realize that things happen, but I always reschedule. And I really respect it when people call me ahead of time and say, you know what? We are not able to make that meeting. How about we reschedule? When somebody does that, that's sort of the affirmation that they are looking out for you. You do have that trust. Not always. That's the only way you can confirm that. But I really feel that that's the culmination of, you know, I see the value in you and your time. Now, sometimes people aren't very organized. And again, you can't take it personally. So if they don't do that, don't take it personally. That's my message to you. Don't take things personally. Something else you may want to do on your service visits is maybe schedule them. Let people know that you're going to be there at a particular time and you want to set up a time for them to be there and then call right before that to make sure it's still good. Now, it's been my experience, especially with sales, that you do not want to call ahead and confirm things because normally people will not keep that appointment. But when you're servicing an account and somebody has a relationship with you, that might work for you. You're going to have to play that uh, case by case to make sure that it works with you. The listener also had a couple of other questions, and they were specifically to David Vince's. And he said, can you mention what the podcast was that, that David Vince's did on building engineers? Well, it's called New Generation Engineering. And I don't think he's got a website for that yet. But if you search your favorite app for podcast and put in new generation engineering, you will see David decked out in his PPE for ArcFlash, I believe. And uh, he's got a couple of episodes on there. And I was one of his first guests. I was very honored to do that. The listener also asked, what are some of the podcasts that you listen to so I can increase what I'm listening to? Well, I think I've mentioned a couple of them on the show, but I'll, I'll go ahead and do that really quick. One of my favorite podcasts is Smart Passive Income. Pat Flynn does that. He talks about how you can do things today to help you out into the future. And he's got a lot of great tips with everything business. Another one of my favorites is John Lee Dumas. He does Entrepreneur on Fire. He used to do a daily podcast. Can you imagine putting it out daily? That just scares me. But he did it. He did it for like five years successfully. Now I think he's backed off to weekly, but he asks entrepreneurs what they do to make themselves successful. And I always get so many tips when I listen to those shows. Uh, Tim Ferriss is another one that I like to listen to. He's a great interviewer. The Green Building Matters podcast. That's another good one. That's Charlie Cicchetti's podcast. He's the owner of Sustainable Investment Group. He's been on the show a couple of times. He is the one that uh, helped me get my lead designations. He does a lot of lead green training. That's a very good one. 
And then one that I really like, and this is actually from the lead pastor of my church. It's Andy Stanley's Your Move. It's called Your Move. So whatever faith you happen to be, or maybe you're not of faith, it's really packed with uplifting messages. Uh, he's, he's a great motivational speaker, if that's what you're looking for. I just really enjoy how he speaks and the things that he says. So those are some of the podcasts that I listen to. So another member of the Scaling Up Nation writes in, what is the difference of free and total chlorine? So we can do a complete dissertation about what happens when chlorine disassociates in water. Maybe that's a future show, but I'm just going to try to very clearly answer that question. So when, when we have chlorine, and let's not call it chlorine, let's call it halogen. It could be bromine. It could be something else. So it's, it's in the halogen category. So now, how do we test to make sure enough is there? The two tests that are available for us to use are free and total chlorine. Free is what is available right then to do a quick kill and start to sanitize or sterilize the system. Now, total is a reading of also free but then it also combines what we call combined. So total is the addition of free chlorine and combined chlorine. Now combined chlorine is what you get when the chlorine actually combines with some of those organics. Now, a lot of people don't like total because they think free is the only thing that gives us a good kill. And I'm gonna say, Again, you know every water treater has an opinion, so please verify everything that I'm going to say to see that if it works for you, but it depends on where you're using that chlorine or bromine or whatever halogen is that you're using. When you have a, say, a food station and they're preparing food and they need to clean that surface ultra quick in a matter of seconds, well, that's a clean in place system and they would need a lot of free available chlorine in order to clean that quickly. But now let's move that over to say a cooling tower, some other system that we're sterilizing. In that, we've got recirculation of that water. So even though some of that chlorine is combined with other organics, it still has killing power. It can still work within the system. So I have found that actually knowing what that combined is and how you know what that is, is you would take the total number, subtract the free, that would leave the combined, and you can actually see what that is. You would do that in swimming pools more than you would anything else in the industrial industry. So if you happen to do that, you can see how much free and how much combined chlorine you have. And if you have way more combined chlorine than you do free, that may or may not be a good thing depending on your system. In pools, there gets to be a thing where there's so much combined chlorine, it doesn't give you a good enough, quick enough kill, and they actually have to do a superchlorination to burn out all of that combined chlorine, and it kills it, so now you just have the free leftover. So hopefully that answers your question. Both tests are very valid depending on what it is that you are doing, but specifically free and total chlorine Total chlorine is a combination of free and combined. Our last question comes from a member in the Scaling Up Nation who wants to know, what are some other things that we can monitor in the system to make sure our inhibitor is working? 
And they go on to say they use the organic phosphate test, specifically the organophosphonate test, which is the one with the tablets that I have difficulty getting to work consistently. And they want to know what are some other things besides that test that they can use to help know what's going on in the system. So with that being said, I would encourage you to maybe run another phosphate test to check to see how well that particular test is running. We did a complete show on phosphate, so I'm not going to rehash all of that. You can go back and listen to episode 46 if you would like to hear that. But some other things that you can do, obviously corrosion coupons. Corrosion coupons are lagging metrics of the system. So if we're treating the system well, we're going to expect that those corrosion coupons are going to come out and they're going to be well within industry standards. If they're not, we can make some adjustments. But I said lagging metrics because we've already started to move away from the ideal system. By no means am I not recommending you use corrosion coupons, but there are some different things that you can do to get some data right then and there. As far as corrosion coupons are concerned, there are core raters out there, and that's the name brand. I'm not sure what the generic way to say a core rater is. Uh, Electronic coupons? I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe we can make that a thing with the Scaling Up Nation. But basically what that is, those are the same pieces of metal that you would have in a coupon but now they're hooked up to the controller and you can get real-time data on what's going on in the system. And folks, if you've never used those before, that's really cool, especially when you're feeding chlorine, you can see what's going on in the system and then you can take a composite over a whole bunch of data. So maybe that's something you can do, but maybe your customer doesn't want to invest that much into the system. So something else we might want to look at is to run what are some of the metals that we are protecting in the system. And of course, normally they are iron, they are copper. So why not run those as a test? We need to know what's coming in the makeup water. So we see what concentrates up in our system. But if there's anything more than that, it's coming from our system. So if our inhibitors are doing a good job, we should be keeping those levels very low. And if we're not, that's an indication that something's going on in the system. Now, it may or may not be something with our inhibitor, but that's another quick and easy test that you can run. Actually, it'd be two tests, copper and iron, to see what's going on with the system. So hopefully that will uh, get you started. And you know what? Just look around, see what else you can do. Use your eyes, use your powers of observation. And how can you verify based on what you know about the system and based on what you see each and every time that you're there, that everything that you're doing is working? Well, folks, I really like this new format. I like just having a show where it's you asking me questions, and now we're able to answer them on the air. I know I didn't do that all the time with my interview shows because sometimes the interviews ran a little bit long. So this was a suggestion from one of the listeners. So again, I know what to do because my listeners tell me what they want to listen to. So thank you for that. Also, thank you to all the members of the Scaling Up Nation who have either written in or recorded their question to me on the air so I can ask it on a Pinks and Blues episode. Now, I'm going to thank all the members of the Scaling Up Nation in advance who have not done that yet. Please let me know what your questions are. That allows me to continue doing this format. And folks, I really enjoy bringing this to you. So whatever your ideas are, whatever your questions are, let me know. And I will see you next week on Scaling Up. 